Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. with Lee and Tim and this week we're talking Unhinged and Made in Italy as well as the latest movie and trailer news. Let's get into it. So we saw Unhinged this week which is taking the box office by storm. Tenant had all its hopes, all the hopes of cinema hung on it Mm. for opening cinemas again all around the world. Yeah. Um, But it's actually been Unhinged that's taken the brunt of the expectation yes we have russell crowe the king of the box office these last couple of weeks with unhinged mm-hmm. it took eight hundred thousand dollars in its opening weekend in australia that, that's a big number considering you know not every cinema is open that there are social distancing in place so you can't sell out a, a, a screening so i think that's a really impressive number the movie stars russell crowe as we said in a psychological thriller that Take something we've all experienced, road rage, mm-hmm. to an unpredictable and terrifying conclusion. Also stars Karen Pistorius as Rachel, who is running late to get to work and drop her kid off at school uh, when she crosses paths with someone at an intersection and beeps him, mm. leans on the horn. Yeah, yeah. Which we've all done, kind of, hey, it's green, mate, let's go. But she picked the wrong guy to tick off. (laughs) Did she ever? Yep, because he feels invisible and is looking to make a lasting mark on the world by teaching her a series of deadly lessons. Mm -hmm. What follows is a dangerous game of what I guess you'd call cat and mouse. Mm -hmm. That proves you never know who you're driving next to. (laughs) It's an interesting premise, having to set the film behind the wheel of a car or yes. a couple of cars. But mm. I think they did it really well. I mean, there are a lot of movies that have done that in terms of the the main action takes place in very few set pieces. Mm. You think about Steven Spielberg's Duel, that 70s TV series, which mm-hmm. is just absolutely thrilling. Uh, not in any way am I comparing Duel to Unhinged. I think I'm going <laughs> to just park that for a moment. But yeah, it, 
you know, a lot of the kind of tense action, the exposition all happens behind the wheel. You're right. So it's a bit of a challenge to pull off. This film was edge of your seat tense. Mm. I was so tense. I was hovering above my cinema seat for most of the film. (laughs) Hopefully you didn't kick the person in front of you and kind of like piss them off in any way. No. I guess the film works really hard straight out of the gate in Mm. setting up exposition around, you know, the tone and the cultural sense of road rage and what Mm. that does to a community and a person. It's basically saying that rage has taken over all our lives at the moment. Yes. I think it sets the tone really well. How did you feel? I I was, it went on for a bit long, but I kind of thought that, okay, are we going to get really in depth here is I thought okay we're in for a bit of a ride in terms of it's going to go to places that I wasn't expecting were you expecting some underlying social commentary that was really going to lean on yeah okay but that was all left in the opening title sequence and Mm -hmm. we never lent into it ever again and what it did ultimately for me was kind of cheapen how they actually achieved what they were trying to achieve it kind of wasn't up to the Mm. to the level that i thought i was going to be in for based on the opening opening sequence how did you feel do you think they they got it right not necessarily but i can forgive the sins because i thought this was just such an intense (laughs) thrill ride and russell crowe as the villain, Mm. was so intensely menacing. Yeah. He does that so well. Yeah. Don't you think? He definitely does. Russell, talking about him as a villain, he had a physical presence. He's a big guy, Russ, Mm. and he has a few kgs on him in this movie as well. Like, he was just this man that you did not want to cross. Do you think he deliberately put on some weight for this film? I think so, yeah. I mean, it kind of worked for his character that he he had that aesthetic, I think. Mm -hmm. Certainly played into his menacing presence. I just felt that in terms of character motivations, his Mm -hmm. and then the character of Rachel, I just didn't accept them. I think they just went too from zero to 100 out of nowhere. And I mean, they try and give you a sense of what, Russ's character has been through Mm -hmm. and they try and give you a sense of who Rachel is and her circumstance and everything but it was just so ham-fisted in and I couldn't really appreciate or understand the choices that she was making how just these leaps of convenience that Mm. made things happen so anyway well see on that I'm going to play devil's advocate I agree with you but in terms of films like this and we haven't seen a film like this in a long time right. in amongst blockbusters and sequels and franchises. The believability is sometimes lacking, you know. Sometimes. I, well, you sit there and you go, call the police, call the police. But if she calls yeah. the police, we don't have a movie. Yeah. So I think you can forgive <laughs> <laughs> I think you can forgive some of the plot choices and the convenience. It does rely on a lot of thriller tropes. Sure. But I think you can forgive it because it's relatable and that's what makes it work. Mm-mm. Look, it was relatable to a point to me, but then I thought this behavior would never actually happen. And I know we're watching a movie and I know I'm me- meant to suspend belief. You don't think so? But I can't forgive the sins of this movie as easily as you can. <laughs> no. And, uh, and you know, I totally respect that. It comes down to character mm-hmm. and we need to be able to care about the characters before you put them in situations of danger. And I didn't care about Rachel. Oh, that's <laughs> harsh. Yeah. I just didn't care about her. And I also wanted to understand Russell a little bit more. Maybe the mystery 
that we're not meant to know everything about his circumstance and what happens when what opens the movie up, you know, that what he decides to do that leads him into this into this fit of rage. Maybe we're not meant to know that, but I I did. I wanted to lean in and understand him a bit more, mm. not to empathize, but to kind of be like, yeah, shit, he's having a really bad day. You don't think that's what makes him scarier is that you don't know what sets people off. Yeah, I guess you're right. And I, I, I suppose that's what they're actually trying to achieve here. It just was lost a bit on me, I think. What did you think about the sound and the score? Sound mixing was incredible. Uh, yeah, I the, the sound was good. I mean, it should, there's no excuse if a movie that's, on four wheels should have a poor sound design Mm. because it needs to make you feel something and feel like you're on that road. And there's some pretty incredible chase sequences and on the freeways and crashes. And I think they did a really good job. I'd actually like to understand how much was in camera and Mm. how much was CGI because I think they really married that together really well if if they did achieve it through those two uh, ways. I think that came together really well with the um, score as well. Yeah. What what was something about the score that you particularly liked? It just struck me as really adding to the level of suspense Mm. in this film. I think they did a really great job. And in a thriller movie, you really need that to bring you in further. Yeah, like you said before, it has all the tropes of a thriller genre. Yeah. And I think that that's where you, you suspend belief, you know, the moment in the house, like or, all these things that are like, you. they're pretty, they're pretty exciting and over the top. And, you know, you're kind of, wow, this is going places, but it, it knows that it's doing that. I have to ask you, what did you think of the, uh, the one liner punchline at the very, very end? I'm not going to say what it is, but, Oh, no, I had an issue with the end. You did? Like, I get it. I get it. But I just, it was just one more eye roll moment I just wasn't, like, prepared for. Wow. So what would you give <laughs> Unhinged out of five popcorn kernels? So I, look, I went for the ride. I just didn't feel it achieve what it was trying to, especially when it set you up for this, like, cultural exposition. I think it just, like, cast that aside and went, you know, a little mm. bit too cray. I'm going to give Unhinged one and a half popcorn kernels. Oh, oh, my God, Tim. That's so harsh. Harsh? I don't know. Why did Russell do this movie? That's how I'm going to end my review. I'm going to give it four stars. I can com- Four? I can completely forgive the sins for how thrilling and intense this film was and it had me just going i'll give you that i mean you did say you levitated in your seat so you obviously did feel something (laughs) (laughs) that's unhinged which is in cinemas now let's move on to made in italy starring liam neeson and his son michael richardson which is out in cinemas on august 13 Mm. so this is based on a bohemian artist who travels from london to italy with his estranged son to sell the house they inherited from his late wife. So it's set in Tuscany. This this story hits quite close to home. It mirrors Michael Richardson and Liam Neeson's own experience, obviously losing Natasha Richardson to an unfortunate skiing accident yeah, many yeah. years ago. That was awful, wasn't it? Yeah. So this storyline mirrors that, mm. which you would think would help them draw on that experience. How effective do you think that was? Not effective at all. You could have fooled me that they were father and son in real life Mm. because I felt not one ounce of connection. Uh, Like it was just void of any emotion or like real moments to lean into and kind of empathize and feel anything for these characters. It's interesting you say that because I didn't have a problem with the performances per se of the actors. I mean, they're both actors. Michael, obviously, 
less experienced than mm. his father, mm. Liam. But despite the fact that they're father and son, and that was a really interesting choice to make in terms of casting, the interactions did feel unnatural and a little yes. forced. Yeah. I mean, do you think that is because they get on so well in real life? Maybe they couldn't take themselves to that place? Potentially, because what you didn't feel, but you were meant to lead to believe is that they had this really bad relationship. They don't talk like they, you learn that they haven't talked about his mother's death this whole mm. time for, you know, she died when he was like, what, nine or something. Mm. I don't know. And now he's in his early twenties or something, but I, I reckon it's, it's something to do with James Darcy being his feature debut. Yep. So James Darcy is an actor we've actually seen in Avengers Endgame as Jarvis mm. And in Dunkirk. Yeah. And he wrote the script as well. And I think that the long and short of it with this film is that you've got a directorial debut and someone who is also having written the script and they're kind of like got one viewpoint in how something's meant to look and feel and be said, but it just doesn't work. I think the script was in essence quite awful. And what I didn't realise... Until I actually read while I was watching the movie, like jumped on IMDb going, what sort of movie is this? What is the tone of this movie? And I read that the genre is comedy. And I thought this is one of the most unfunny movies that is trying (laughs) to be a comedy. There's a fair bit of slapstick in it, which I thought lended a nice family friendly mood to the film. Mm. Um, It's decidedly British. Yes. In terms of the humour. It was British in a way that you had two men who don't want to talk about their feelings and such like. You know, like the the comedy just wasn't right. And you were watching Liam Neeson, this veteran actor, not knowing what he was doing. Like it was just, he didn't know. The script was so bad. The dialogue was so stilted that even his pedigree and his ability to really kill it in front of the camera he was even struggling. And I thought, whoa, I almost felt that he had lost something. I'll agree with you there that you could feel them working hard to elevate Mm. in their performances. But I really liked in the story how, you know, the dilapidated home and them fixing it up was a metaphor for their relationship. I think there were some nice nuances in the story there at its core. Yeah, I think that there was plenty of stuff there. And often I feel a film that has potential that doesn't meet it is worse than a bad film because it just doesn't nail it. it it's <laughs> all, the, all the elements are there, all the metaphors, all this beautiful scenery. I mean, even even when how you were introduced to Tuscany, it felt like I was watching a student film. They were just right. pointing the camera, you know, at the opening when they were driving there, they were just pointing the camera anywhere. And I thought, Tusty's meant to be beautiful. They could be fucking anywhere at the moment. I would not know. I didn't feel the character of Tuscany in this movie very often. See, I'm going to disagree with you there because I think the cinematographer did a beautiful job with (sighs) making Tuscany feel like another character in the film. I have to disagree with you on that one. I mean, certainly at the beginning, I do agree that later on in the film, you did feel the landscape a bit more but I wasn't impressed with how we were introduced to it. It was kind of just happened really quickly and it didn't like offer any sorts of uh, feelings for me. So you felt this movie was quite cliched. Yeah. In its execution. I, yeah. I thought it was cliched almost every moment. You know, the fact that the actor Michael, his character was, you know, falling for the local restaurant owner who was divorced 
And there was this moment where her ex-husband just showed up at their house, but then tried to make you believe that he was on his way home. It's like, mate, you're in a driveway. Like just Mm. every piece, every moment, they just, it just felt off. It felt wrong in how they were trying to convince, how the characters are trying to convince each other. And then the audience that something was happening in that way. I see what, I see what you're saying, but they added all these elements that they thought they should add and then didn't pull at the threads to complete it. It was just hollow. It was just really hollow. Wow, you really hated this film. I haven't seen uh, very good movies for this <laughs> podcast today. <laughs> we had different experiences. How yeah. many popcorn kernels would you give Made in Italy? Look, I'm going to keep a consistent between Unhinged and this and give this one and a half as well. Mm. You're vicious this week, <laughs> Don't Tim. tell me you're giving it a four. <laughs> no. <laughs> Look, no. I'm going to give it two and a half because, as I said, I really like the story elements and how they use the house as a metaphor and the interesting casting choice of bringing Liam Neeson together mm. with his son. I like the interesting choices that they made, so I'm going to give it two and a half. It just didn't quite get there for me. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, before we get into the news, we have an exciting new giveaway to announce, Tim, and it's launching on Monday, August 10 for Australian residents only. Thanks to Madman Entertainment, we have five double passes to give away to see totally bodacious dudes, Bill and Ted, <laughs> in their new movie, Bill and Ted Face the Music. I'm really excited about this one, Lee. So to enter, head to either our Facebook page or Instagram profile. Make sure you like or follow, depending on what platform you're on, and tag the bestie in the comments you would go on a time-traveling adventure with. So for more information on dates, head to popcornpodcast.com. And Bill and Ted Face the Music is in Australian cinemas from September 10. Not far away. Now, Mulan is going to release on Disney Plus on September 4th. So there's been a lot of conjecture about when this movie was going to release. Yeah. It dropped off the schedule for a while. We were thinking maybe it was going to move to next year. Yeah. So it's going to skip a traditional cinema release in most major markets. Um, and it's going to cost subscribers a premium price of around $30 on top of their Disney Plus subscription. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is this isn't a rental price as we know it, though, because subscribers will effectively own the movie, right? And can rewatch it at their leisure, but only for as long as they are subscribed to the Disney Plus app. It's a bold move for Disney. And apparently it's just a one-off. That's yet to be seen, mm. but it's bound to pay off for them in both subscriptions and box office revenue because the movie is going to be released in cinemas in territories where you can't get the Disney Plus app. Yeah, this I'm leaning really close into this to see what data comes out of it, whether they increase their subs for the platform, how many people are actually renting slash buying it for the $30 premium price, mm-hmm. uh, who's going to stick around on the platform rather than, you know, often when a new movie comes out you get peak in subs to watch it and then you leave after the free period ends so it's an interesting bold strategy i agree we've also had some casting news this week that tom hanks is in talks to play geppetto in disney's live action pinocchio variety already reported last year that robert zemeckis is directing this film and he's previously worked with Tom on Castaway and Forrest Gump. So, you know, they've got good chemistry. They've got a great relationship. They've made some of the greatest films, you know, that we know and love the past, you know, 20, 30 years. 
is really exciting. I mean, any piece of Tom Hanks casting news excites me, but then when you throw Zemeckis into the same mix, uh, I'm pretty pumped about this. What do you think about Tom Hanks as Geppetto? I know we get a little bit fatigued about hearing mm-hmm. about all these live-action remakes that Disney are doing, but this one sounds interesting. I think he'll bring something really beautiful to the to the character. It's really fatherly and nurturing. Uh, I think he, he's the man for the job. He is America's favourite uncle, isn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> So Captain Marvel's sequel news, the sequel has landed director Nia DaCosta, who's a fairly new director, but she's making some big noise with her debut Little Woods and the upcoming Candyman film. Yeah, you think like looking at her ticket with Candyman on it and then Captain Marvel 2, you honestly couldn't pick two different projects. So it'll be interesting to see what she brings to the Marvel universe, having, you know, lent into the horror space. But I think it's exciting news that they're nurturing a new up and coming talent. We got a new sneak peek this week as well from Wonder Woman 1984, which always excites me. (laughs) And it showed Kristen Wiig getting her sprint on as Cheetah. And we've been promised even more footage on August 23. That's Australian Eastern Standard Time Mm -hmm. through DC Fandome, which is the mega virtual fan event for all things DC Universe. Now, I don't know how you felt. I kind of saw the clip and it was but a moment. And I was like, no, no, that mustn't be the whole clip. So I tried to find it somewhere else. And it was just the same thing getting thrown at Mm -hmm. me. I mean, it is the definition of a tease. Mm -hmm. I was really disappointed, but also excited by it. So I'm keen for the more, more content to come through. We can definitely expect to get other exclusive content at the DC Fandome event from other upcoming DC movies, including The Suicide Squad and lots more. Can't wait to see that. We got the first trailer for Judas and the Black Messiah too. It's the story of Fred Hampton, who is chairman of the Illinois Black Panther Party, and his fateful betrayal by FBI informant William O'Neill. The trailer is incredibly tight. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of it? Uh, the use of music, it just like exudes so much power. It makes you really feel something. Uh, it's one of the... I mean, I love trailers i love to hate trailers i love to love trailers (laughs) and this is one i'm loving to love right now it really incites a lot of like something in you and hopefully it delivers because heck the trailer certainly makes you believe so so judas and the black messiah is going to be released sometime in 2021 and stars lakeith stanfield and daniel kalua so check that one out well another jam-packed episode of popcorn podcast we reviewed unhinged russell crowe's latest rager which is in cinemas now and we have uh, reviewed made in italy so you can catch that in cinemas on august 13th not far away and don't forget to head to popcornpodcast.com for all the details on how to enter our bill and ted face the music giveaway stay excellent dudes thanks for listening <laughs> catch you next time if you enjoy our episodes head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. While you're there, we would love you to rate us and leave a review. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts and iHeartRadio. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.